Hey, uh, big hello to everybody online. We're so glad you guys are are uh, joining us this morning. We're glad to have you. And uh, we're in our we're in our Isaiah series. We're in chapter fifty one. So if you guys want to get that out um, on your phone, uh, whatever you've got there, they'll be up on the screen as well. But we've been walking through. Listen, we've been walking through this prophet's message all year long. And the story hasn't changed much, right? The story's been the story throughout the entire message of the prophet, right? Whether it's to Israel or whether it's to Judah, it's been the same from the top to the bottom. And that's this, here's who I am and this is what I need you to do. And Judah or Israel, either one, they're not, they're not listening, right? They're not, they're not following in line. They're not obeying the word of the Lord. And the prophet's message has been consistent throughout the entire book. And that's this. If you don't listen, if you don't obey the word of the Lord, your nation's going to fall. Whether it's Assyria or whether it's Babylon, this nation's going to come in. And this nation is going to destroy your kingdom. They're going to take you into captivity. Your life will be over, right? Your freedom will be gone. The things that you have built your life on and believed in, they'll be taken away. And that message has been consistent throughout this entire prophet's letter. And the reality is, is we've talked about this multiple times, these events haven't taken place yet. What the prophet speaks about is at least 175 years from happening. And now we're at a point where we're not talking about it happening. We're talking about they're now living in it. Right? They're living in the squalor of their mess. They're living in the ruins of their lives. They're living in captivity in a foreign country, serving foreign gods because they refuse to listen. And the message is the same. The only difference is we've transitioned into the part of the letter now that God begins to speak hope. Begins to speak hope. And I don't know, right? I don't know if this is something that you can relate to, right? But... When you're sitting in a mess of your making, sometimes it's hard to hear words of hope, even if they're spoken to you. Because somehow the mess that you sit in of your own making seems more impossible to overcome than a mess, say, that somebody throws upon you. And at the end of the day, God begins to speak these words of hope to this nation. And he begins to speak of hope in the terms of one individual. And we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about this individual that the scripture describes as a suffering servant. But today, today in Psalm 51, the prophet takes a break and he speaks to the people who are living in this mess. I'm 57 years old and I don't know about, I don't know about you, but my hearing is going. Anybody? Like... I am so tired of saying what, right, right. Or this is the worst, right? Somebody says something to you and you're just so tired of trying to tell them you didn't hear them that you try to guess what they said, right? Like that's a bad plan too, right? As embarrassing it is to say what all the time, right? Guessing is even worse, right? You know, there's a, there's a story of a guy who, who, who was convinced, he was convinced that, that the hearing problem in their home was his wife and not him. And so he decided to test his theory out. 
And so one day she's sitting at the, at the, at, at, at the bar in their house on a stool. And so he sort of, he sort of gets up behind her about five feet from her. And he's like, I'm going to, I'm just going to prove to this woman. She's the one that can't hear. And it's not me. And so he gets up behind her and he says, Hey, Hey honey, can you hear me? Nothing. He's like, all right. Gets, gets a couple feet closer. Hey honey, can you hear me? Nothing. Finally gets up right behind her, just right behind her. And he's like, honey, can you hear me? And she says, for the third time, yes. Right? Thank you. You know, that pig joke, that sets the bar pretty high, you know. I think I pulled a hamstring, right? Uh, listen, he... Listen, the prophet's message here in Psalm 51 is a message of hope to these people who are living in this mess. And I don't know why every time I preach this, what it ends up, ends up being. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm so familiar with the mess created of your own doing. I don't know. But these verses speak hope to these people in this mess. But listen, it doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a message of hope. It doesn't matter if it's a message of buy one, get one free. It doesn't matter what the message is. If you're not going to listen, it won't matter. This passage has no value to you this morning, to you, the listener online, unless you're willing to listen. Because as a matter of fact, the prophet uses the word listen three times in these eight verses. So if you don't mind standing out of respect for God's word, we're going to read these eight verses together. And then we're going to just... Walk through these opportunities we've got to listen. The prophet says this, listen to me. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was but one. And I blessed him and I made him many. The Lord will surely comfort Zion. And will look with compassion on all her ruins. He'll make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Listen to me, he says again, my people. Hear me, my nation. The law will go out from me. My justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily. My salvation is on the way and my arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me and wait in hope for my arm. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment and its inhabitants die like flies. But my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. Hear me or listen to me, you who know what's right, you people who have my law in your hearts. Do not fear the reproach of men or be terrified by their insults. For the moth will eat them up like a garment, the worm will devour them like wool. But my righteousness will last forever and my salvation through all generations. You can have a seat. It's all about listening, right? Listen, it's great. It's great to give good advice. It's great to hear good advice. It's great to be inspired, right? It's great to, to be given hope. But listen, good advice, bad advice, it don't matter if you're not going to listen. And so the prophet, listen, the prophet gives us three distinct 
things to hear in this text. Here's the first one. Listen for comfort and encouragement. Listen for comfort and encouragement. Listen, we've, we've said it over and over again, right? I don't think this is hard for any of you to relate to. You can relate to it because you've seen it or you can relate to it because you've done it. Listen, when you're sitting in the midst of a mess of your own doing, you need some comfort and encouragement. You need to know it. But here's the interesting thing. He tells them for their comfort and their encouragement to look back. He says, look to the rock from which you were hewn, right? Look back to Abraham and to Sarah. Why does he direct them for comfort and and encouragement by looking back? Let's look at a couple texts. Just stick with me here. I want to connect these for you. In in Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 3, we get the original promise to Abraham. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, your father's household. Go to this land that I'm going to show you. And here's the promise that God makes to Abram at the time. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. And you'll be a blessing. He goes on to say, I'm going to bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I'm going to curse. And this is the key. I'm going to, and all the peoples, everybody say all the peoples, all the peoples on the earth. He says, they're going to be blessed through you. That covenant is then confirmed in Genesis 15 and then repeated in Genesis 17. And listen to what it says here. Abram fell on his face. And here's what God said to him this time. As for me, listen to this. He says, this is my covenant. That I'm going to make with you, Abram. You're going to be the father of many nations. No longer will you be Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. What's this? He said, I'm going to make you fruitful. I'm going to make nations of you. Kings are going to come from you. I'm going to, listen to this. God tells Abraham, I'm going to establish my covenant as a what? Everlasting covenant. Right? An everlasting covenant between me, God, and you, Abraham, and your what? And your descendants after you. So the, the God, God promised Abraham, I'm going to make a covenant that's going to last forever with you, Abraham. And those who are your descendants, the covenant will extend to them. So the prophet says to the nation of Israel, sitting in the mess of their own ruins. Listen. Listen for the comfort and, and encouragement. I, I started this nation with one man. I built this nation of millions. You included Israel. You included Judah. I started it with Abraham. I haven't forgotten. But what has that got to do with you and me in 2021? What does that have to do with you in 2021? The Bible is so cool. If you're not reading it, you should. It's amazing, right? Listen to what it says in Galatians chapter 3. Remember what kind of covenant did God make with, make with Abraham? Everlasting. And he made it between him and him, God and Abraham and between God and his descendants, right? Listen to this. Paul writes, you're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Anybody here glad about that? Come on, man. Sons and daughters. Listen, for all of you who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. Hey, just an aside, some of you in here and some of you online need to clothe yourselves with Christ today. You've believed long enough. You've come long enough. And today at 630 at Andy Romano Park, we're going to have beach baptism. Right? 
Listen, there is something significant that happens in the waters of baptism, whether here or out in the Atlantic. But at 630 tonight, you have a chance to be a part of that. He says this, in Jesus, there's no Jew, there's no Greek. There's no divisions. There's no slave, free, male, female, me, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. Listen to this. If you belong to Christ, anybody in here belong to Jesus? Listen to this. You are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What promise? The promise of an everlasting covenant, right? You're the recipient of that covenant that God said he made with Abraham all those many years ago. Listen to what it says in Romans 4. In Romans chapter 4, starting in verse 11, he said he received the sign of circumcision, that's Abraham, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then, listen to this, Abraham is the father of all who believe and have not been circumcised. He says, listen, if you're not a Jew and you're a Gentile and you still believe, Abraham's your father which makes you his descendant. He says this, in order that righteousness might be credited to them. Therefore, the promise, what promise? The promise of an everlasting covenant comes by faith so that, so that it may be by grace and may, may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are the law, but also who, to those who are of faith in Abraham. Listen. Anybody in here ever need a word of encouragement and comfort? Right? Anybody ever need it in spite of the fact that it's your mess that you're living in? Here's what God said to Israel. I haven't forgotten you. I started you with one person. I found this man in Ur. I found this man thousands of miles away. And I said, I'm going to make you a great nation and I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to bless all the peoples on the earth through you. And then he said to that man, I'm going to make an everlasting covenant with you. And I'm going to make it between you and me and between you and your offspring. And here we sit today in 2021 in Ormond Beach, Florida. And for those of you, wherever you're at online, and here's what I know. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are a descendant of Abraham. Therefore, the covenant belongs to you as well. And so here's what I want you to know today. God has not forgotten you. I don't care what your mess looks like. And I don't care if it's your fault. And I don't care if God told you over and over again, if you do this, your life's going to fall apart. The Bible says that the covenant that God makes with Abraham, he makes to his descendants and it is everlasting. And that's a comfort to those of you who've given up, who think God's given up on you. Listen, God has not given up on you. He has not forgotten you. I like movies. Anybody else? When I was a kid... When I was a kid, of course, you know, when I was a kid, you know, we didn't have all this stuff. We had three channels, right? Clear, unclear, and very unclear, right? Like, that's, that's what you got on TV, right? But, 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 of course, the one channel that you got that was clear was PBS, right? Thank you for nothing, right? Rabbit ears. But, but I remember a show I watched on PBS called The Last of the Mohicans, right? James Fenimore Cooper, right? The miniseries. It was awesome, right? And so it's a, it's a story based on true events that happened in 1756, but that's beside the point. In 1992, they made a movie called The Last of the Mohicans and Daniel Day-Lewis started it. Anybody see it? Oh yeah, right? 
Great movie. Way too dramatic, but it was awesome, right? And there's this great scene in the movie where Daniel Day-Lewis, who plays Hawkeye, right? Who plays this character Hawkeye and, and, and this traitorous rogue Indian scout is after him and he's fallen in love with the British general's daughter. Oh, it's great TV, right? And they're standing under the waterfall and Daniel Day-Lewis is trying to convince Cora, this woman that he's now in love with, that he's got to go. That if he doesn't leave, they're all going to die. Their, their gunpowder's wet. There's no chance of escape. And he's trying to convince this woman who he loves, I've got to go. They're going to capture you. And they're going to take you here. And in the most important exchange of the movie, Daniel Day-Lewis looks at Cora, her, his, this woman he's loved, he says, and she says, if, it, if the worst happens, she says, and he grabs her and he says, you stay alive. He says, I will find you. No matter how long it takes and no matter how far, I will find you. It's a great movie. Right? And I wanted to show the clip, but of course, you know, Big Brother's always watching, you know, so. But listen, here's what I want you to know today. Whether you're here or whether you're there, if the mess is your own doing, if you're in need of comfort and encouragement, the God who made an everlasting covenant with Abraham and extended it to his offspring, which now extends to you who are of faith in Jesus Christ, God has not forgotten you. He will find you no matter how far and no matter how long it takes, no matter how big your mess is, no matter how much despair you have, or no matter how how much you think that you're doing this by yourself. God hasn't given up on you. He believes in you. Philippians 1, 6, Paul says it this way. Paul writes to all of us, I'm confident of this, that he who began this good work in you will carry it on until the completion, until the day of Jesus Christ. Listen, you heard Amanda saying, man, you're his masterpiece. But that masterpiece isn't done. And for some of you, for some of us, it's a long way from being done. Can I get an amen? Right? Listen, here's the thing about God. He isn't easily swayed. He's not done. Parents, don't ever let your teens think that God's given up on them. Grandparents, don't ever let your grandchildren think that God's given up on them. Listen, husbands and wives, you've got to stop making, making your partner feel like God's given up on them. I know, I know their stupidity causes you pain. I know their choices have hurt you. But the God of the universe who made the everlasting covenant with Abraham made it to them. And God has not forgotten. Listen, there is comfort and there is encouragement from a God who says, I have not forgotten you. And I will not leave you. And I will not forsake you. And this is not over. Amen, church? Listen to this. But you got to listen. you got to hear it. Right? Here's the second area you and I need to listen in on. And that's this. We need to listen. We need to listen for the end of this mess. Man, who's ready for this mess to be over? It's exhausting, isn't it? Right? Listen. These people, I mean, this nation of Israel, their history is littered. Listen, this group of peoples, their nation's littered with a bunch of dumb choices. And here's the great thing about Israel. They're the most stubborn people in the entire world. 
God just constantly shows up and does amazing things to them. And then they're like, eh, we're bored. We're going to do something else. Right? Thanks, God, for the water out of the rock. Thanks for parting the Red Sea. Hey, thanks for talking through that mule. It's a really cool show. But we're going to do something else. Right? Over and over and over and over and over again, these people make a mess out of things. But because God made an everlasting covenant, he hasn't forgotten. Listen, don't you dare walk out of this place or click off of this, this service at the end and believe for a second. And don't you ever listen to a soul who tells you that God's done with you. Because that is not true of a God who makes an everlasting covenant. But these people are sitting in the middle of this. They're sitting in the middle of this mess. And the prophet says these words in, in Psalm or in Isaiah 51 and verse 4. He's, he's speaking to this nation. He says, listen to me, my people. That word in the Hebrew means to perk your ears up. Right? Pay attention. The other two listens means you need to hear this and get it. You need to understand this. This one means you need to, you need to listen. Right? You need to be on guard here. Right? Listen to my people here, my nation. The law will go out for me, he says. My justice will become a light to the nations. Right? My righteous draws near speedily. My salvation's on the way and my arm will bring justice to the nations. He says, the islands are going to look to me and they're going to wait for hope in my arm. But this is what he says. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. And the earth, it's going to wear out like a garment. And the inhabitants are going to die like fleas. Listen to what it says in Psalm 102. The psalmist writes this. In Psalm 102 and verse 25, the psalmist writes, In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth, God, and the heavens are the work of your hands. He says, they're going to perish though, but you're going to remain. They are all going to wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them and they will be discarded. And then in 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3 Peter writes it this way, which even is much clearer than it, than it was in the Psalm. But in second Peter chapter three, right? Second Peter chapter three writes this. The Lord isn't slow in keeping his promise. Listen, how many of you wonder why God just doesn't end this thing now? Anybody ever wonder that? Yeah. Right? Like, listen, if God's your sovereign and God, you can end this, what in the world are we waiting on? Listen, the Cubs got a World Series. Ain't nothing else going to happen, right? Like, let's just move on, right? There ain't nothing else to wait for. It took them 108 years. Let's move on. Listen, let me, let, let me, let me just give you an insight as to what God's planning. God isn't slow in keeping his promise, right? As son understands slows. The, the reason why God isn't done yet is because he's patient with us. Why? Because he doesn't want everybody to perish. Listen, there's some of you in here right now, and there's some of you online, that without Jesus, if God ended this thing today, you'd perish. Listen, if you don't know Jesus today, and listen, every, every chapter of this letter, every book, uh, every, every letter in this book is about one man. It's about Jesus. And so if you need Jesus today, right up here at the front of the stage, there's going to be an opportunity for you to do that. If you're online, there's a button that says, I have decided, click that button. But today's the day. But listen, God isn't, God hasn't ended this thing because God's still waiting for people to come to repentance. But Peter goes on and he said, God isn't just patient and he doesn't want people to perish but come to repentance. In 2 Peter 3, bring that verse back up, Lori. It says, no, that's 1 Peter. Go to 2 Peter. There you go. Lord isn't slow in keeping his promise. Back up on me there. 
as some understand slowness. He's patient with you. Why? He doesn't want anyone to perish, but he wants everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And the heavens will disappear with a roar. And the elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Listen, there is an end to this mess. There's an end to this thing. And I don't know about you, but in the world that we're living in today, where black has become white and white has become black and right is being said it's wrong and wrong is being taught is right, it's, it's discouraging at times, is it not? It's tough. Listen, turn on your TV. Listen, you hear, you hear Pastor Joe tell you story after story every week in this, in this, on this stage. Our world has become right side up and wrong side down. Right? Like we are on the wrong end of this thing. And it is easy to be discouraged. It is easy to begin to think that these people who are now mocking the law of God. Listen, I, I, saw, I saw a video last night. Well, I saw a video, but they didn't have anything on the video. They just had the audio of it. And there were people who had gathered around a bonfire and they were burning Bibles. And they were laughing and they were making a mockery of God. Right? Listen, we're living, we're living in a day and an age where the law of the Lord is something to simply mock and ridicule. And it's not, listen, it's no longer, it's no longer happening across the pond in third world countries. It's happening in our own nation. One nation under God doesn't exist much anymore. And it's easy to be discouraged. But this, listen, this mess isn't going to last forever. The prophet says God's, God's law will go out and God's justice will be heard. You just need to know this isn't going to last forever. There's an end to this mess, right? Our daughters, our, our, our youngest daughter moved to college this year. Our other daughter is four credits away from graduating college. I'll go ahead and just clap. Right. The place that we lived... For nine years, the, the, the landlord decided they wanted to sell. They, they were getting older. They lived away. It's a five-bedroom, three-bath house. It was great. We had a bunch of kids. But when everybody's planning on leaving, last thing I need is a house with five bedrooms and three bathrooms to clean, right? So we decided to move. And we thought we'd take a break, downsize, live in transit a little bit till the girls got where they were going and we could figure out what was going on. So we live in an apartment complex. We moved on April 1st. 2020, the day that Ron DeSantis shut the state of Florida down because of COVID, right? So we had moved into this place that was called Luxury Living Apartments. Had a pool and a gym, and I was like, ooh, this is going to be great. Well, when you shut the building down and all the amenities are gone, here's what I, here's what I was reminded about apartment living. There's no such thing as luxury, right? We didn't want to live on the first floor because we have a two-year-old grandson. We didn't want him out playing in the balcony and somebody walked by and snatched him. I didn't want to live on the third floor because I don't want to walk up three flights of steps, right? So we live on the second floor. The problem with living on the second floor is there are people who live on the third floor. <laughs> and the people who live on the third floor were college kids from Emory-Riddle. During covid when they didn't go to school. So apparently we have vampires who live above us, right? 
who sleep during the day and are up all night. And apparently, we didn't know it, but there's a 24-hour fitness center in the apartment complex above us, right? They drop weights, they scoot, they run. I swear, it is, sometimes we'll sit there and go, I just want to walk in the apartment and see what's going on. I just want to know. How can three people make so much noise? What are they doing? I'm 57 years old. There are some things in this life that I like, and there are some things in this world I need. And sleep fits both categories, right? And when you're awakened at four in the morning with somebody dropping a 25 pound dumbbell on the floor ahead of, above you, there's no luxury living in the apartment. But here's, here's what we say. Listen, we can do anything for a season. We can do anything for a season. Our motto now is we're going to outlast them, right? <laughs> we're going to outlast them, Right. This, this is stupid. I'm, I'm, I'm only going to tell you this because you're my favorite crowd. And I trust that, you, I trust that you're not going to say anything to anybody, right? Uh, every once in a while, I'll grab my broom and bang on the ceiling, right? <laughs> Thank you. I know. It's like being 12, right? But sometimes I just can't take it, right? Well, they've, they've, they've now gone to taking and bagging their dog stuff and leaving it in front of our apartment. You know what? We're going to outlast them. And yesterday afternoon, a U-Haul truck pulled up in front of our building and a father from New York city showed up and began to bark orders and they began to move out. Right? Yeah. 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 Listen, I am one, listen, I am one bad, I'm one bad apartment dweller and 307 away from luxury living, right? But here's what I know. Listen, this mess ain't gonna last forever. Listen, you can turn on Fox News, CNN, you can watch West 2 News, you can watch whatever you want to watch. Listen, this mess is a mess. Listen, when we live in a world where we're mocking, when we're mocking the law of God and we now, we now live in a country that seems like it's lost its mind on a day-to-day -day basis, it is easy to be discouraged. Here's what you need to know. This mess ain't going to last forever. God is going to show up and he's going to purge this place and it's going to be over like that. And the only reason that God's waiting is because some of you in here, some of you in here, some of you right there would perish without Jesus. So would you please get this taken care of so we can go home, right? Come on. Right? Listen, this mess, this mess isn't going to last forever. And here's the last thing that God wants us to listen to and hear. And that's to listen, to listen for the attack. Listen for the attack. Listen, the, the, the prophet says this in verse 7. The prophet says, hear me, you who know what's right. How many of you know what's right in here? Right? Hear me. Right? Understand this, he says, you people who have my law in your heart. Do not fear the reproach of men or be terrified by their insults. Right? Listen, I've got it. I've told you my two-year-old, two-and-a-half, I guess, year old grandson lives with me, right? He's a lot of fun, right? 
And so periodically I like to hide from him, right? Now, you know, hide. I'm, I'm 6'4", I'm 200 and whatever pounds. I'm not, a, I'm not a hider, right? Like, I'm not a hider per se, but, but periodically I will try to hide from my grandson. I'll get, get, uh, he likes to, he likes, so I'll go into the, I'll go into the bathroom in the hallway. It's dark. I'll get behind the door and I'll like, Owen, right? And then he'll giggle and then he'll come running through the apartment, right? And he'll run into the living room and I'm not there, right? And he'll run into my bedroom and I'm not there. And so then I'll be like knocking on the door. Right. Owen. And then he'll giggle. And then he'll come running back down the hallway and he'll stop. Right. But I'm in the bathroom and he doesn't find me and I'm standing there, you know, hiding. Right. Right. And I'm nothing. He'll go into his mom's room and I'll be like, Owen. Right. And he'll go running by again and he'll giggle. And I'm there thinking, this might be the dumbest kid I know. Right. Like, (laughs) how is he not? Right. Like, why is he not checking this thing out? Right. But the best, the best part is after a while of running by me, I'll sneak out from behind the door, right? And I will sneak up behind him. And listen, the words stealth and me are not on the same page, right? But he never hears me. Ever. So then I get to get up behind him and I get to scream his name and he gets to jump and giggle and whatever, right? Listen, in a world... Listen, in a world that's abandoning God and his word and his law, if you're going to stand up for what's right, you're going to receive some reproach. You're going to be on the receiving end of insults. Those two words in the Hebrew are cruel. The word reproach means to pull off, right? It ultimately became, became the word that meant to uncover, right? To expose. And the word insult, the Hebrew word means to hack at, to take like a machete and just hack at something. Listen, if you're going to stand for Jesus, and let me ask you, let me ask you, Tomoka Christian Church, right in here, and Tomoka Christian Church online, how many of you are willing to stand for God's law and for Jesus today? Who's willing to stand up for it, right? Listen, if you're going to stand, if you're going to stand for Jesus, if you're going to stand for what's right, In a world where right is wrong and wrong is right, where black is white and white is black, you're going to be exposed. You're going to be called out as a Christian. Your faith in Jesus will be known. And here's the thing. If you're not prepared for the attack, you're going to be caught off guard like my two-year-old grandson constantly. The, The writer, the prophet says, be prepared for this attack. Men are going to come at you. Men are going to hurl insults at you. You will be the recipient of this. And here's what the prophet says. Do not be afraid of those insults. You see, listen, for some of you standing up for Jesus seems easy in your heart and your soul. Because listen, this is Tomoka, right? Listen, Tomoka has a, a Tomoka mindset. I don't know if you're new. If you're new, you won't know this. But if you've been around, you know that. Listen, Tomoka has a mindset. It's like, listen, there's a hill. Let's climb it, Right? If there's a people, let's reach them, right? If there's a dollar figure, let's give it. Listen, if there's insults, bring it on, right? We're good with that. Listen, times are changing, church. It's not fun and games anymore. The enemy, the enemy, he's on high alert. And the enemy doesn't want you or you or you or you or you or you. You know what the enemy wants? The enemy wants to be God. And he's going to stop at nothing 
try to be God. And the Bible tells us that we're building to an ultimate showdown. And guess who's going to be caught in the crossfire? You, and you, and you, and you, and you, and me, and you. We're going to be caught in the crossfire. Here's the question. Are you going to be afraid of men or are you going to stand? Because Jesus said, he who's afraid... He who doesn't confess me before men, he who doesn't agree with me before men, I'm not going to agree with him before my father. Jesus said this way, there's going to be many people who say to me, Lord, 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 I went to church to Mocha. I went on the mission field. I did those things. And Jesus is going to say, I don't even know who you are. Because you want to know when somebody knows who you are? It's when it's time to take a stand and not be afraid. Listen, you need to be aware of the attack, church. It's coming. There will be reproach and there will be insult. And here's what Peter said. Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 2. The, the, Peter, who's writing to a group of people who've been persecuted as a result... Peter writes, he doesn't live the rest of his earthly life. That's, that's the Christian, right? We don't live the rest of our earthly life for evil human desires, but rather the will of God. Now listen, just a side note. This doesn't include being a football fan. That's not evil desire, right? We're good with that, right? Whatever, right? For you, you've spent enough time in the past. Listen, Peter said, you spent enough time doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery and lust drunkenness and orgies and carousing and detail. you've wasted your time you've done enough of that he says listen to this the world's going to think it's strange the world's going to think it's strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation and they will heap abuse on you listen we're living in a world that the more you take a stand for what's right the greater the abuse that's going to come on you whether it's in your school systems Right? Whether it's in your PTAs, whether it's on your soccer fields, whether it's your job, the way the world's going, it's even happening in churches today. Abuse is coming, church. But listen to what Peter says. Peter says this in, in, in verse 14 of chapter 4. If everybody, everybody online and everybody here, read this, read this with me. If you were insulted because of the name of Jesus, you are Oh, man, we always want God's blessing, don't we? Oh, God, pour out your blessing on me, right? And we're thinking windfall financially and a great job and a great marriage. You know what God says is a blessing? If you're insulted because of the name of Jesus. That's a blessing. Listen to what he says. For the spirit of glory and of God rest on you. If you suffer, listen, if you're going to be the recipient of insults and abuses standing for Jesus, he says, don't suffer because you're a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a what? Listen, if you're going to be a Christian and you're going to get mocked, don't do it. Don't get mocked and ridiculed because you're being a dope, right? Don't do it because you're doing dumb stuff. And that Greek word meddler means social media, Right? Listen, part of the reason, listen, part of the reason, listen, this, I'm going to stand for this, right? Listen, part of the reason we get made of is because we're dumb, right? Listen, you want to stand for Jesus? You want to stand for Jesus? Do you want to stand for Jesus? Right? Stand for Jesus. You want to stand for the right to life? Yeah, if you want to stand for the right to life, who wants to stand for the right to life? Right? Who wants to stand 
Right? Who wants to stand for the impoverished and the marginalized and the poor? Do you want to stand for that? Then stand for that, church. Don't stand and let the world heap insults on you because you're dumb. Because we're murderers and thieves and meddlers and doing all kinds of dumb things. Be insulted for the right thing. Right? Be insulted for the right thing. And listen, fight the right enemy, church. Fight the right enemy. Listen, this room and this world that we're living in that's lost its ever-loving mind isn't the enemy. Oh, they may be enemies of the cross. And they, they may be enemies of Jesus, but they're not your enemy. And they're not mine. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Right? We're not wrestling those people. Right? So listen, they want to insult you? Call it blessed. Stop the nonsense of fighting and arguing with people who need Jesus. These are the people that God's letting us live through this. This is the reason why we're living in the second floor apartment in this world and the neighbors are acting like a bunch of crazy people. Because God's waiting for those people who you want to fight with to come find Jesus. Let's stop making it complicated and make it easy. We've got to listen for the attack. The abuse is coming. Listen, you're going to raise your kids to believe in Jesus. You're going to raise your grandkids to believe in Jesus. They're going to be insulted. They're going to be made fun of. They're going to be exposed. They're going to be attacked. What are you going to teach them? Stand up for yourself and go fight and give them a good tongue lashing to do. No, call it blessed, man. Let's call it blessed and let's do what Jesus said. Look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to read this and we're going to get out of here. Well, you're not leaving. We're going to sing. Don't, don't, don't tell people I said you could leave, right? Jesus said, I've heard, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those. Love your what? And what are you supposed to do? Pray for those who pray. I had to stop. I had to stop being angry at our neighbors and start asking God to make me a good neighbor. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to go up there and, well, I'm not going to tell you what I wanted to do. But I, I wanted to go up there and, you know, like a good neighbor, you know. Right? Why, why do we do that? So that we may be sons of your Father in heaven because he, listen to this, because he causes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Listen, bless and do not curse. Listen, we're going to have to take a stand for Jesus, church. And, and, and it's not going to be counted for us in here. It's going to be counted for us out there. And when we stand... We're going to be mocked and ridiculed. Listen, let's fight the right fight. Because if we fight the wrong people, we've got to stay in this mess longer than we want to. And the quicker these people come to repentance and get out of the lane of perishing, the quicker we can get out of here. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go home, right? So, Father, make us better listeners. Make us better listeners to your word. Make us better listeners to your plan. God, help us to hear you. Help us to be, to just be better prepared to fight the right fight and stand against the right enemy. This world needs Jesus, which means this world needs us. This world needs us to be the light that you've called us to be. This world needs us to be that city that's Set on a hill. This world needs the church to be the reflection of your glory. And so, Father, I'm, I'm excited. I'm nervous because this world is becoming a dark place. 
But man, it's putting a premium on the light of Jesus. And you've placed that light within us. So I'm praying, God, that we'll be people who heard you today. I pray that we'll be people who pass the hearing test today. And we'll be people who, like your son, was ready to give whatever it takes to make sure that one, at least one, will come to know you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.